a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I'm not saying we ignore it, but I'm saying we need to interpret it wisely and carefully. We can't just make pronouncements from the pulpit, I'm not a pulpit, but stage, if you like, and just expect that to be it. But subjects like this need careful uh, looking at before God and before his words. We need to show love and grace to people whilst remaining true to what the Bible says. So where the Bible is clear, we need to be really clear. Where the Bible is more nuanced on a subject, we need to be more careful, we need to tread lightly, we need to help people to interpret Scripture in a godly and a gracious way. I want to encourage us to, to do that together. Let's be, let's be clear about what Scripture says, but let's help people who are going through the pain of trying to apply it to their lives to do that in a loving in a pastoral and a graceful way. Now, that's something we can do together, friends, isn't it? You know, as people go through pains of these sort of situations, I know some of you have, and uh, others uh, of you uh, may well do, either personally or be close to that. Let's, let's be showing God's love and his grace. Help people to be true to what the Bible says, but help people to walk through the pain of it at the same time. Can we do that together? Because it is something we do together. It's not just something I preach. When we talk about loving one another, this is one of those examples where we need to do that well. But the summary is this, very simply, God is for marriage, and so should we be. So should we be. Okay, let's, let's move on and uh, go for another thorny subject. Let's talk about money. Let's, let's go for that one. In the same preach. Let's, let's, go for, let's go for two subjects this morning. Jesus had lots to say about money. It was a popular topic for him. It shouldn't surprise us, really, because what someone does with their money shows what's really important to them. But it's interesting, before Jesus gets to money, he has something to say about trust. If you've got your Bible open, look at verse 10 with me, please, in Luke 16 here. Jesus says this, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property... Who will give you property of your own? There are a number of stories that Jesus tells along this theme and all talk about this issue of trust. If you can be trusted with something small, then God knows he can give you something larger to take care of. If he can't trust you with a small thing, why on earth do you think he might trust you with something larger and more responsible? It's such an important lesson to learn. Our faithfulness with small things or things that are seemingly insignificant is often the test and a precursor to something more and something greater. Don't expect God to put you in the public spotlight until he's tested you in the private spotlight. Whatever God has given you to do, whether it's before lots of people or a few, 
Do it with all of your heart. Do it to the very best of your ability in a way that honours God and loves him in it. Now, it might be something as simple as, I was going to say, putting out the chairs, but we don't have to put out chairs here on a Sunday morning. They're done, aren't they? Amen, indeed. Or it might be something like serving the coffee. It might be uh, setting up some kits at the beginning of a Sunday morning. It might be packing some things away or lugging stuff about. It might be in a role that nobody sees. But let me tell you something. God sees. And God sees not just you do it, but he sees your heart. And remember, that's what he's looking at. That's what he's looking at. You see, you need to know God's grace for whatever he has that he's given you. Whether it's public or whether not many people see it. You need to know God's grace in it. Most people I know who serve God in a sort of high visibility public role, you might say, have spent time, often years, in quiet, unassuming, non-public roles. And God's tested their heart and their faithfulness in it. We don't see that, do we? We don't see what's gone on before. We don't see someone's often years of serving God quietly in the unseen things. We just see a public thing. Oh, I want to do that. But that's not how it works. See, in Scripture we find it true as well. So Moses spent years working for his father-in-law before leading the people of Israel. David served faithfully as a shepherd, hanging out with sheep for years before he was king. Even Jesus had 30 years of growing up and working as a carpenter before his public ministry started. God will test you with small things before he gives you big things to do. God will test you with small things before he gives you big things to do. There's a prophetic word that uh, that Helen brought last week in our worship time, talking about not looking at others and asking, why are they getting the opportunities and not me? God's testing your heart, friends. God's testing our heart together. You see, you don't see the tests. You don't see the years of faithful service. You just see something, oh, I want to do that. It was true for me. I spent years serving on the church P18. So I really sympathise with these guys who serve us on the tech team every week, faithfully. I, I, I know what it's like to be lugging boxes and kitting, as Derek and his wonderful, him and his wonderful team do week by week for us, in a very unseen, unassuming way. They serve us well. Actually, we couldn't do what we do on a Sunday morning without them. If that actually, let's show our appreciation to them now. Guys, I want to thank you, because you serve us well. Well done. But I, I spent years doing that. I spent years on a church P18. I was typically the first person there in the morning and the last person there to leave. And lugging kit around, and um, many, most of it I stored as well, so I was getting up early, late, getting it in the car, getting it in my mum's mini metro often. Some of you are old enough to remember what a mini metro is. It's small, and when you load it with heavy gear, the small wheels and the suspension that isn't great to start with gets even closer to the floor. But I did that for years, and I loved doing it. And I would sit at the back and, you know, um, make some things uh, happen and uh, occasionally get some feedback. And I know what it's like when the whole church sort of turns around because there's a funny squeal. But God was testing my heart. Now, I wasn't doing that in order to get something else. I was doing that because that's what God asked me to do. 
and I did it to the best of my ability and uh, for, for a number of years. When I joined a New Frontiers church in my early 20s, I laid down every call that I thought I had to preaching, to public ministry, to leadership. I laid it all down because I just knew that I needed to be in this church. And that's all I knew. And I remember saying to, um, to the pastor of it, I, I know I need to be here. That, that's all I know. And laid down everything else and just served in whatever way that was appropriate. Because I had to die to what I thought I was called to. And my heart was just to serve God, and still is just to serve God. It just happens to be in a bit of a more visible role these days than it was then. But actually, it's just about serving Him. God is still looking at our hearts. So let me ask you a question. What is God trusting you with right now? Right now, in this moment in time, what has God trusted you with? And are you proving trustworthy with it? Whether it's public or whether no one sees it, just him. Are you, being, are you proving trustworthy for the Lord? I want to encourage you all this morning, encourage all of us, whatever God has given you to do, do it with all your heart. Whether loads of people see it or no one sees it, actually isn't important to him. What's important is your heart. The Bible makes it clear that God will reward our faithfulness to him. So I think when we get to heaven, we'll have some surprises. It won't just be your Billy Graham, famous Christian type person who has preached to millions and walked with God faithfully for, for decades. Now I'm sure he'll be rewarded well. <laughs> but you know what? I think there'll be surprises as well. I think there'll be people that no one recognises that no one knows, but who served God faithfully for years. In quiet, unassuming ways, but God saw their heart. God saw their heart. I want to encourage you this morning. Allow God's grace to flow through you. Serve with a good heart and a good attitude in whatever God has given you. But Jesus goes on. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And as I mentioned earlier, you, you can say all you like, but your bank or your credit card statement will show what's really important to you. What you spend your money on shows what's really important to you. So Jesus would say to you, who are you serving? Is it God or money? Francis Bacon said, money is a great servant, but a terrible master. You need to ensure that your money is serving you and not the other way around. So how do you tell? How can you tell if you've got this right? If, if you're serving money or if the money's serving you? How do you tell? Jesus makes it clear you can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. You cannot serve both God and money, Jesus says. I suggest to you the more you earn, the harder this gets. And you may have sorted it out years ago. Maybe you're earning more now than you did then. The more you earn, the harder this gets. That's why Jesus said it was hard for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The more you earn, the harder this will get. I promise you. 
the more money will try and get a hold of you. So, who's got the top spot in your life? If you had to answer the question honestly this morning and nobody saw your answer, what would it be? Who's got the top spot? And how do you tell? Well, I think you tell by asking some questions. So maybe you want to ask yourselves these questions. Ask yourself questions like this this morning. What do you think about more? Is it God or is it money? Who gets the top slot in your thought life? What do you plan more? Is it ways to serve God or is it ways to make money? What do you, what do you um, pray about more? Is it the kingdom of God or is it your bank balance and investment plan? And number four, what's your giving like? What's your giving like? You might might say, you know, why suddenly add in giving there? The passage doesn't talk about giving. Why put that in there? Well, the issue of giving is an issue of the heart. And it's right that we have put this into the equation because it reflects something about us. It demonstrates something before God. John Wesley put it like this. He said, earn as much as you can save as much as you can and give as much as you can. It's a quote, isn't it? So how are you doing on the giving front? And remember, I don't know what anybody in Jubilee gives, apart from me, us. So please don't think that I'm getting at anybody particularly because I, I don't know. You might have just changed your standing order or your, your checklist month. You think, oh, he knows. No, he doesn't know. I don't know at all. The only person I know about is, is, is us. So what's your giving like? See, the Bible calls us to be generous, committed, organised, regular with our giving, and generous being the most important. Are you giving out of a generous heart? Or are you giving out of a sense of obligation? Is it a heart that freely and generously gives to him, Or is it a heart that says, here you go God, here's your due, get it out of the way and then move on. How is it for you? How you respond to that perhaps gives a clue to your answer what's more important in your life. Remember, Jesus says you can't serve God and money. So which is it for you? And the more you earn, the harder it will get. And even if you think you've got this one sussed now, you may find that it crops up at a later date as another test, perhaps further on in your life. There's a sort of thing that you can solve, you can settle in your heart and honestly be before God on it and and know that you've got it sorted. Yet it's also the thing that can drift. And over a period of time, without you realising it, if you're not conscious about it, suddenly you realise that Actually, God hasn't got the priority he used to have. And money's getting a bit of a hold to you that maybe it never used to have. But friends, Satan's looking for any way he can to bring us down and to draw us away from God. And this is one of his tricks to go with a whole load of others as well. So which is it for you? If your honest assessment is that you think you might be serving money more than you should be, how do you change? What do you do to change? I think you do two things. Firstly, you settle it in your heart. You put God in his rightful place. And the other thing you can do practically, which will really help with this, 
is be generous in your giving. Be generous in giving, th- giving away what God's given you. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. It's about what's behind it. You can be generous if you've got a lot. You can be generous if you've got a little. The amount's irrelevant here. It's about your heart. What's God saying to you? And how can you respond? It's also worth saying this. Don't assume, don't fall into the trap of thinking, I'm not earning much right now, but when I earn more, then I'll sort it all out. When when I earn a whole lot more, whatever figure that might be for you, then I'll sort out my giving, or or then I'll start being generous. Friends, it it really doesn't work like that. It's easier to start being generous on a little and follow it through to when you have much, rather than think, oh, I'll sort it out when I've, I've finished this, or I've done that, or I've paid that off, or I've just got more, and then I'll be generous. Because if you think that, it will never happen. I remember someone challenging me on this, and uh, it, was, it was years ago, and, and I was praying about, I, 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 think was a, I think I was praying about a work situation and, and, and some job issues, and the guy who prayed for me asked me how my giving was doing. I'm thinking, it's got nothing to do with it. I'm asking you to pray about my job and some pressure and some things there. And he's like, no, how's your giving doing? And it got me. I thought, I haven't asked you to pray about that. It's nothing to do with you. But he kept going. And actually, it had everything to do with it. Because the honest answer was, well, you know what? I, I, I'll sort it out when, I, when I've got more money. Or I'll sort it out when I want a better salary. He's saying, no, you need to sort it out now. And I did. And I thought, okay, I just need to get it in order. And uh, over a period of time, I was able to get my giving in order to a place where it it honoured God. You know what? The job situation sorted out as well. For me, they were connected. They may not be connected for you. But you know what? They may just might be. The more you give away, the less money will have a hold on you. What did Jesus say to the rich young ruler? One who was really caught up with money. He said he had to give it all away. Now, the good news is, Jesus probably isn't saying that to you this morning. Might be, but it's unlikely. But listen, the more you give away, the less money will have a hold on you. Because you can't get it in its rightful place. If you struggle with this, then I'd suggest it's time for you to be generous. Time even to be extravagant and ask God to help you. I want to call all of us to faithful, regular, generous, extravagant, faith-filled, grace-fueled giving. Are we out for that, friends? Amen? And as we do so, to be serving God, not money. Okay, let's bring this to a conclusion. Jesus didn't shy away from tricky subject, did he? In fact, arguably, when he was dealing with the Pharisees, who thought they had it all together and were so puffed up in their, you know, assumed religious knowledge, he went for the jugular every time, almost, you know, trying to offend them to get his point home. Now, I'm not trying to offend this morning. But Jesus wasn't afraid to make people think. And it's right that we think about some of these things too. Now, I've worked hard this morning not to cause offence, I trust but rather be faithful to what the Bible says and to open it up before us in a way that helps us, teaches us in a pastoral, loving, but clear way. And my prayer is that we would all encounter God in his words. 
And in doing so, we would allow the Holy Spirit to work through us in our lives, that we might become more like the living word, Jesus himself. Let's stand together. I want us to pray as we close. I was uh, talking to, to James last night about how to prepare a preach and how to conclude it well. And concluding badly is a crash landing. James, that was a crash landing, okay? Just so you know. Don't do it like that. <laughs> I just thought I want to pray and I want us to pray as we close. We've talked about divorce and marriage this morning and I want us to pray for marriages before we finish. And... I just felt like well, we should do this before we close because I think we should pray. If you're married, you should pray for your marriage. Pray for your spouse. Because we know that Satan is out to wreck marriages. He doesn't like it. Doesn't honor, doesn't, you know, he honours God, so he doesn't like it. And it's right that we pray for our marriages and pray for our husband or wife. And whether you're married or not, you can pray for other people's marriages and pray for God's blessing on them and God's protection in them. Wherever, whatever we're doing, wherever we are, whoever we are, we can encourage and bless marriage. And I'd like us to do that as we, as we close our time together. Let's pray. And let's just be quiet before the Lord for a moment. It may be that God just wants to speak to your heart. Maybe it's on this area. Maybe it's on the area of money. Let's just be quiet before the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Father, I want to pray this morning for every marriage in Jubilee. Father, thank you for every marriage that honours you. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would make marriages strong in this church. Father, I want to pray for any who have gone through or even going through the pain of some form of separation or divorce. God, I want to pray that uh, they would know your healing, your grace and your love. Father, I pray for us that we would be a community of grace a community of love that seeks to, to minister your, your grace to one another in times of need. And Lord, I, I pray that we will be able to build strong marriages in this church. Father, I pray for your protection upon every marriage, please. I pray, oh God, that for all of us who are married, that we would work hard to, to love our husband or wife, to, to honour them, and to seek to build our marriages strong in you. Uh, Lord, for any who aren't married but would love to be, Father, I pray you speak into those situations too. And, and Lord Jesus, I, I pray for all of us that we would pray for one another, that we would pray for marriages in this church, that, Lord God, it wouldn't be an area that Satan could attack us on, but, Lord, it would be an area of strength that's, that honours you. We, we do ask you for that. Lord God, would you uh, provide grace for it? Would you help us in these things? Father, we, we, we pray for these things we've talked about this morning. Help us to respond to you in, in loving and godly ways. Uh, we pray, oh God, you'd 
uh, help us to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts, to apply your words to us, that, Lord, we might walk in ways that honour you and uh, show you to be glorified. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, we're done. Thank you for being with us this morning. God bless you. Have a great week. And uh, we look forward to seeing many of you, if not all of you, I hope, on Saturday in our away day in Litchfield. If you haven't booked in, come see this man now. You can do it before you leave. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.